Hello and welcome to the Bonus Action Podcast, the show that explores 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons one rule at a time in short 15-minute episodes. I'm your host, Sam Dillon, and I'm here with my favorite D&D world builder, respected D&D expert, and host of the Roundtable, James Indercasso. Hey James, how you doing? I'm doing great tonight, Sam. How are you? Excellent, excellent. What are we talking about today? Well, Sam, in this episode, we're discussing the rules for vision and light in D&D. You can find an explanation of this rule in the Player's Basic Rules D&D PDF on page 65, or in the Player's Handbook on page 183. Now, this may seem like a very mundane topic, but it turns out that almost every important action that a PC can do in D&D relies on or is affected by the character's ability to see. In D&D, there are three levels of illumination, bright, dim, and dark. If an area is in bright light, it is well lit, and a creature's vision is not obscured in any way, so they suffer no penalties. An area in dim light is lightly obscured, and an area cloaked in darkness is heavily obscured. Now, an area is lightly obscured when it contains patches of fog, clumps of foliage, or even a light rain or snow. Because areas bathed in dim light are considered lightly obscured, twilight, dawn, and a cloudless full moon night are all also lightly obscured. Characters operating in a lightly obscured area roll with disadvantage on all wisdom perception checks that require sight. An area is heavily obscured when it contains heavy swaths of fog, densely packed foliage, or driving snow and wind. Because areas without light are considered heavily obscured, subterranean dungeons, caverns, and wild open fields at night with no moon are also heavily obscured. Now, PCs operating in heavily obscured areas suffer from situational blindness. Ooh, and that blindness condition is harsh. A blinded creature automatically fails any ability check that requires sight. An attack roll against the blinded creature gains advantage, and any attack roll attempted by the blinded creature suffers from disadvantage. Now, some PC races have special vision rules. For example, dwarves, elves, gnomes, half-elves, half-orcs, and tieflings all have dark vision. Creatures with dark vision are able to treat dim light in a 60-foot radius as though it was bright light, and they treat darkness in a 60-foot radius as though it was dim light. Drow elves have superior dark vision, which extends their effective special vision radius to 120 feet. That's a pretty large distance in a dungeon. This race, however, also suffers from sunlight sensitivity, which causes them to have disadvantage on any wisdom perception check that relies on sight and on all attack rolls they make where their target is in direct sunlight. Now, monsters can also have special visual abilities. A monster with blind sight perceives its surroundings without relying on sight as we know it. Naturally blind monsters, those without eyes, such as oozes or grimlocks, use a special sense to experience their surroundings. Some monsters have dark vision just like player characters. Monsters with tremor sense can detect vibrations in the environment. Creatures with true sight are extremely capable. They can see in normal darkness, magical darkness, they can see invisible creatures and objects, automatically detect visual illusions, and perceive the original form of a shape changer or a creature transformed by magic. Furthermore, that monster with true sight can see into the ethereal plane. <laughs> 
Now, to push back the darkness when traveling underground or at night, characters can purchase lighting implements. All of these provide bright light in a specific sized area and also create an area of dim light that is a buffer zone between the bright light and the darkness. Lamps, for example, provide bright light in a 15-foot radius, and then another 30 feet beyond that is dim light. Bullseye lanterns shine brightly in a 60-foot cone and provide another area of dim light for an additional 60 feet, so that's a pretty large area. Hooded lanterns shine bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for 30 more feet. And the king of cheap adventuring gear, the lowly torch, sheds bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for an additional 20 feet. Now, other items that PCs may interact with in their environment, such as campfires, lit braziers, fireplaces, a spit with a roasting pig, all of that sort of thing, those will also shed light. But the strength and the range of those light sources are at the DM's discretion. Now, creatures can also affect the visual conditions with magic. For example, continual flame causes an object to produce light with the same strength as a normal torch. Darkness creates a 15-foot sphere of magical darkness that cannot even be penetrated with dark vision, and it dispels magical light produced at second level or lower. And of course, the old standby, the light spell, which causes an object to shed bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for another 20 feet. Produce flame as a cantrip, that is basically a lesser light spell. It produces a bright light for 10 feet and dim light for an additional 10 feet, but only lasts 10 minutes. There are other spells that affect vision and light. This is just a taste of those. Now, some of those other spells are offensive spells, and they can also affect lighting conditions or the visual perception of a target. For example, branding smite causes a target to not only become visible if it was invisible, but it also causes it to shed dim light in a 5-foot radius. Both Blinding Smite and Color Spray can cause temporary blindness in a target. The spell Holy Aura sheds divine bright light in a 30-foot radius out from the caster and also causes creatures to shed dim light in a 5-foot radius. And it could cause fiends and undead creatures to go blind. Prismatic Spray and Prismatic Wall both contain one of the hues of the color that causes blindness, and there are many more spells that affect lighting conditions. PCs should take these effects into account when choosing their spells, because sometimes it's the effect that is on top of the damage that wins the fight, not just the raw damage. The rules for vision and light are pretty straightforward, but there are many parts of the game that are affected by what your PC can and cannot see. We recommend that you become familiar with these rules to make the game run more smoothly at the table. We hope you've enjoyed this quick, short rule discussion. If you like the show, I encourage you to visit thetomeshow.com and use our affiliate links for Amazon.com and dndclassics.com to support the show while you shop. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does throw a few gold pieces into the Tome Show's belt pouch, allowing us to stay on the air. Ooh, and I'd like to send a special shout-out to Tome listener I underscore M underscore Mike, and that's M-Y-K, Mike. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. If any other listeners out there have suggestions, corrections, or comments, feel free to comment at thetomeshow.com or email thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can also actually call the Tome Show, that your phone. It's not just for texting and tweeting. You can give us a call at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. That's 919-Biz-Tome. 
The music used in this episode was composed by Eric Michaels. James, where can the listeners find you? You can find me at twitter.com slash jamesintercasso or at my blog, worldbuilderblog.me. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash dmsamuel or follow my blog at rpgmusings.com. Music